Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax, and it is a pleasure to be with you today as we explore one man's journey from physical therapist to apartment syndicator in just three years. Just a few years ago, Lee Yoder, our guest today, was frustrated at climbing the corporate ladder with when he founded Real Estate Investing. He left his job, took a big pay cut, and started real estate investing. He flipped a house, then a duplex, then bought a small multifamily apartment. He now syndicates 40 to 100 unit apartments in Dayton, Ohio. Real estate investing has given Lee and his family the life that he believes God has called them to. So Lee, take us into the show by sharing a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. Sure, Alan. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be on your show. You know, I guess where I would go with that question to answer that question is it just makes me think of when I was climbing the corporate ladder. I kind of had two experiences. One of doing a job that was great for my family where I had flexibility. I had plenty of time. I had margin for my family. So it was great, but I was not fulfilled at all. I wasn't challenged and I just didn't enjoy that. Felt like there's no way I could do that for the rest of my life. And then on the flip side, you know, a couple of years later, I'm climbing the corporate ladder. I'm doing work that is very stimulating, challenging, exciting, fulfilling, but did not have time for my family or margin for my family, did not have flexibility. And, you know, I read the little purple book, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and started looking into real estate and thought, maybe these aren't my only two choices. Maybe I can have a job that's exciting and challenging, fulfilling, but I can still control my time. So where I can have the flexibility and be with my family when I want to be with my family. And I felt like real estate could offer that for me. And, you know, I've been blessed that it's gone that way, Alan. And I can say today doing real estate full time, but even when I was doing it as a side hustle, it really did afford me the opportunity. So I'm glad that I kind of went down this real estate path because I'm loving the work that I'm doing, but I get to control it. I get to decide when I work and I have the freedom to be with my family when I want to be with my family. Well, Lee, let's start at the beginning, at least the beginning of your real estate investing career. And just share with us how you got started. Yeah, so I got started by leaving my corporate job. So climbing the corporate ladder, doing that busy job. I left there. I went back to doing the boring job, which uh, for me was home health physical therapy. Because when I was climbing the corporate ladder, I was doing no physical therapy at all. I was in the office kind of running more like a director of operations. It was a startup company that was just blowing up and it was fun. I was helping build a division and really liked that. Liked it a lot more than physical therapy. But again, it wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't right for the family. It wasn't what my wife and I felt like God was calling us to. So left there, went back to home health physical therapy, where I had, to me, was kind of a boring job, was not challenging or fulfilling, but I had a bunch of flexibility. So I had, you know, time and margin and capacity to do real estate as a side hustle. So I left at the end of 2016. And toward the end of 2017, my wife and I bought a house in our town and flipped it. And that's how we got started was by, I took a pretty big pay cut because I was doing well with that company, climbing the corporate ladder, but went back to doing home health, physical therapy and did real estate as a side hustle and started with a flip. So you started with the flip and after the flip, did you continue flipping or what did you do after that first experience? No, I like to say, Alan, that it only took me one flip 
fortunately for me anyway, to realize that flipping is not investing. So, you know, luckily I'm reading, I'm listening to podcasts while I was a physical therapist. And then even while I'm doing the flip and, you know, I'm out there, I put in over 500 hours in that flip again, you know, while working full-time, but I, you know, it wasn't a super busy job, but with that full-time job and flipping a house on top of it, then I, it was a really busy. So for my wife and I, we were like, man, it's like I'm back at that really busy, inflexible corporate job where I'm spending a, you know, too much time at work. It's like I was back at that. So it was just kind of funny, Alan, because I took, you know, probably a $30,000 pay cut and that's about what we made on the flip. So it's like, I just traded one job, one really busy job for a not so busy job, plus a flip, which equaled a really busy job. And I made about the same amount of money. So it was just this clear picture that, okay, we did well on this flip, but it's just trading time for money, just like any other job. I enjoyed it. I liked it. But that's all it is. That's fine. If you want to get into flipping, it did. Yeah, it made us an extra 30000 on top of my job. And we rolled that into the next one. And it got us started in real estate. You know, that mad I did it. But at the same time, it wasn't really something I wanted to do again, at least not right away. I wanted to get into real estate that you can own and hold and create, you know, residual income that comes in every month. So, you know, really just took us one to learn that. And, and so next we jumped into a duplex. Well, I think a lot of people do get into flips well because they're quite popular on the home network and what have you. Yep. And it seems like a lot of people are doing, and it's understandable. I mean, most people have owned their own home. And so yes. it's not a big step to just buy another single family home. And that sure. process is pretty straightforward, at least in concept, it's straightforward. But of course, you've been through a flip and you know that it's much, much more complicated than what they make it on television. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And you came at well on that, but it's a very risky thing as well as extraordinarily time consuming. And also, as you pointed out, it's a job, it's not investing. So tell us about going from this first endeavor here and into that second endeavor, the buy and hold duplex. So the question that would certainly come to mind, and I expect as to a lot of people, is how could you get into a buy and hold situation? How did you manage that? You know, really the same way, Alan. Well, actually, both of those first two were, were a little bit unique in that we got them both at an auction. So we did take out a home equity line of credit on our house to help us with some of the capital. And, you know, a lot of people have equity in their home, so you can do that, or you could bring in another investor and split the profits with them. They put up the money, but that's how we took down both of those properties. And then actually the duplex, we didn't own it long enough, but we could have refinanced out and got a loan on it. So that's one way to do it. But we used our own capital then to rehab the property. And yeah, the real difference there, Alan, was it was basically a total gut flip of both units of the duplex. It was, you know, vacant when we got it. We put like uh, maybe 25 grand into it which gosh, today they'd probably cost 45 grand. You know, prices were a lot different back, back then in 2018 and got it rented for a little bit. And so, you know, we only had it rented and owned it for another three or four months. But for those three or four months, Alan, every month, you know, the income from the rent was more than our expenses. And so we saw, wow, you know, as long as we own this property and, you know, we keep it full, we're going to make money, which it's, it's a small amount of money, you know, maybe, gosh, maybe three, four grand a year. But it's going to be there every single year versus the flip. Sure, we made, you know, 30 grand, but it's one time and then you're done. And it's a ton of time. You know, this three to four grand a year is almost no time. So it was just this clear contrast of, you know, what investing in real estate looks like and residual or, I hate to, you know, hesitate to use the word passive income because as long as you're 
on the active side, it's not going to be passive, even though there was very little work to do after we rehabbed the property and got renters in there. It's still active, but it was very little work from that point forward. And even if we still owned it today, it would be very little work to make that three to $4,000 a year. Well, you went from the duplex then into a, a small apartment complex. Take us down that road. Yeah. You know, the real key there, Alan, that I would say is I joined my local RIA, the Real Estate Investment Association in Cincinnati. And the RIA had a guy leading an apartment focus group. So an off branch of the RIA, one of the focus groups was all about buying apartments. And this guy had went, you know, done one of the coaching programs and the boot camp, and he was kind of sharing his knowledge and then experience. He had started, he had bought some small apartment buildings. I think he had a 25 unit and a 40 unit. And so he was teaching, you know, 40 of us that would come every month how to do that. And so I was learning from him, learning how to underwrite. You know, I started just getting on LoopNet and pulling properties and underwriting them and sending them to this guy that leading this group and saying, hey, you know, Mark, what do you think? Does my underwriting look good? Yep. Yeah, it looks good, Lee. You know, here it is. And I said, well, you know, I think I'm going to make an offer on this 16 unit. Okay. Yeah. Offer looks good to me. It was way under what they were asking for it, but this was back in 2019, only, you know, three years ago and still so different back. I mean, it was hot back then, but nothing like today. So we ended up selling on that price. So the key there, Alan, was getting around people that were already doing this and, and having them kind of coach me along. I didn't pay for a coach, but it's only because I had this free coach in the apartment focus group. He really helped me. I ended up giving him 10% of that deal just for all he did to help me because you know he came to the inspection with me, did so much. So instead of paying him, I just said, hey, I'm going to give you 10% of the deal if you'll continue to help me. And, and that worked out really good, really well for both of us. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Yeah, excellent. Well, thanks for taking us down that road and, you know, kind of giving us a roadmap as to how one can do that. Well, you talk about the importance of vision and getting a clear vision, and I guess you've given us a bit of a clue as to how perhaps you've come to your vision, but fill us in on how you came to establishing a clear vision and why that's important. Yeah, I think it's so important, Alan, because this is what I talk about on my podcast a lot too. You know, I love doing a podcast and I like your, you know, podcasts like yours, Alan. It's really important to to help people learn how to be successful in real estate, but you've got to make sure you're building a business that you're going to be happy with if you have success in it. What I think, there's a real risk out there that you build a business or you build a real estate portfolio and it doesn't actually give you the life you want. You know, for instance, if you just start flipping and you're making a bunch of money flipping, but you're just trading a ton of time for money and you're away from home a lot and it has a negative effect on your marriage and your relationship with your kids and your faith and stuff like that. So, that's why I think it's important to have a clear vision on, you know, not only what do I want to do in real estate, but what do I want it to do for my life? I think that's really important. And then drilling down on real estate, that's one thing I love about real estate. There's so many different ways you can go. We talked about flipping, and but buying small multifamilies in your local area and managing them yourself, that's very different than 
buying a little bit bigger multifamily properties, you know, small apartment buildings spread out and having someone else manage it. And that's very different than buying a hundred plus apartment buildings. We haven't even talked about wholesaling or Airbnbs. There's so much you can do and they're all very different. And I think a couple of things, Alan, one, which avenue, which route really fits what you enjoy doing and what you're passionate about. Again, because I could go out and get some Airbnbs and have this, you know, a short-term rental portfolio and not enjoy that. And so, you know, maybe you do that if you think, wow, but that's the best route and it's going to afford me the life. Okay. Cause that's the other part of it. Is this real estate portfolio that you build? Is this real estate business that you build? Is it going to afford you the life that you want? So I think that's why it's so important. Not so much that it's going to help you have success. It's going to help determine whether you have success or not. Cause if you get into something that you're passionate about and something that you're skilled at and use those skills and use that passion, you're going to have a lot more success. But I think almost more importantly, it's going to make sure that that success leads to the life that you want instead of having success in real estate, but not having the life you want, which I think is a real, would be a real tragedy. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. You know, cause it is very possible to go out there and with a lot of good business acumen, which have you develop a business that does well business wise, but leaves you empty as a person. And what's the point in that? <laughs> you know, it's, right. you know, it just, isn't the way that really most of us want to go, but it's entirely possible no. to do that. Of course, you yep. know, there's nothing wrong with doing a little bit of experimenting as well. Oh, for sure. As uh, I mean, you experimented with flicks, fix and flip and realized, you know, after the first one that this isn't the way for you to go. So a little sure. bit of experiment can help us to determine. I mean, you might think that Airbnbs, oh, that just sounds so wonderful and glamorous and uh, I want to do that. And yep. you do a couple of them and you go, gosh, this is not what it sounds like. Yep. So, yeah. And there's so many things, like you mentioned, so many different routes to go. And I think it's important to find the one that fits you and your family and your vision. So you talk about a marriage and being satisfied and having that time with your family. So it's important for our partners to be on board with this. Any suggestions on how to ensure that we're doing this in harmony with our marital and partner relationships and mm -hmm. everyone's satisfied. Yeah, great point, Alan. You know, I think it's really, I think about stepping away and taking time to talk about it. My wife and I instituted a few years ago, I wish we would have done it a decade ago, but spending a weekend, you know, without our kids and, you know, having her parents watch the kids for a weekend. And usually it's just about, you know, 24 hours is what we get. But we really sit down and we talk through, now that the real estate business is going, it's like us talking through, you know, for us, like, how are we going to follow Christ this year? What, what do we feel God's calling us to? But then how do we want to make sure we're nurturing our relationship? How do we want to pour into our kids? What are some things we want to do with them? You know, even our house, you know, our kind of homestead that we have, and what do we want to do around the house? And then we spend a lot of time on now that we have, you know, a business, what do we want to do with the business? And you got to do all that together, Alan, because it's like, how is the business going to enable the other things we want to do, you know, that we consider more important with our faith and our family. And we spend time talking through that, Alan, and being intentional about what do we want to do this year? And I think you got to start there. You got to say, okay, what do we want to do this year? Because that informs what you do each quarter, each month, you know, each week, each day. So is what I'm doing today, you know, when I'm done talking to you, Alan, what can I do the rest of today to get to the goals that my wife and I talked about at the beginning of this year, right? So to me, that's really important. You got to really sit down. I mean, I think I was talking to somebody the other day and he was saying, you know, we'll spend 
more time planning our kids' birthday party than we do planning our own lives. And man, that can be so true. You know, I remember we were planning our kids' first birthday and I kept joking with my wife saying, man, I hope they like this birthday party because of course, you know, they're one year old and they have no idea what's going on. And yet we spend so much time and yet we won't sit down and spend an equal amount of time. Like what do we actually want our life to be like, or just this year to be like? So I think that's the first step, Alan, get away with your spouse and spend a lot of time talking about it. And by a lot of time, I mean like an evening and a morning without the kids. You know, that's what it is for us out to dinner and then maybe some wine afterward and wake up the next morning, go to a coffee shop and we get, you know, four, five, six, seven hours over a weekend to really talk about it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you've gone from single family to duplex to small apartments. And so you're looking to go into bigger units and bigger units. Why get bigger? What's important about that? Yeah. Good question, Alan. I had, you know, when I got into multifamily, I bought a 16 unit an eight unit and then a 10 unit. So I had 34 units and I just had one or two partners on each of them. So just did them as joint ventures. And that's a great way, not only to get started, but for some people that might be just do a bunch of that. It's pretty simple. You know, you don't need syndication attorneys. You don't have to file with the SEC. You know, you got one or two partners. So there was a lot to that. The reason I wanted to go bigger, Alan, was because there's only so much upside with that. I mean, I was kind of a one-man show. You know, the partners I brought in weren't, you know, super active. Technically, they need to be active. If you're going to do a joint venture, everybody has to be active. And, and technically they were, but I did almost all the work and they brought almost all the money. And, and that was a great relationship and it worked out for everybody. But, you know, after only three properties, I was thinking, man, you know, and I was almost halfway to my goal, but already I just really didn't want to do three more properties like that. And then three more and three more and three more. Because every deal is another bank account, is another LLC, is another group of investors. So when you kind of get into it and start doing it, you start going, okay, how many more times do I want to do that? I mean, I had that conversation with myself with the duplex, like, wow, this went really well. And we're getting, you know, three to four grand a year in expenses or an income. Well, if I want to do 25 times that much, you know, that's going to be 25 duplexes. Do I want to own 25 duplexes? The answer was no. And it was kind of the same way with the small multis was like, okay, I want to make, I don't know, five times this much every year. Do I want to do this five more times? Do I want to own 15 small multifamilies? You know, the answer was no. And I didn't want to do it by myself, Alan. That's another thing. I wanted to build a business. I wanted to have a partner, maybe a couple partners and really build a business that was kind of lonely doing it on my own. Again, I had partners, but they were mostly silent. And I did most of the work. I wanted to build a business. And I think that's the clear difference. That's what I educate people on is if you want to get in this in a multifamily, if you just kind of want to do it yourself, maybe you and your spouse, and you just want to stay small, you want to manage it yourself, just stay small, just buy small multis, maybe even single family homes, just manage yourself. I wanted to build a business. I have no interest in managing the properties. I've always wanted to use property management, third-party property management. So because I want to build a business and be able to focus on the things that I enjoy doing, the things I think I'm good at doing, going bigger lends itself more to that. It's a bigger pie. You can split it up amongst more people and you can build a, a true business. And that's what I want to do. So that's the reason we went bigger. I mean, there's also economies of scale, you know, the bigger the property, there's some more efficiencies. You can usually get better property management because a lot of the bigger property management companies that are pretty sophisticated and run properties at a high level, they want to manage bigger properties because you know they can do better. You can set one person. It's a big enough property, you know, 100 units and up probably is a big enough property to make enough to have a person on site leasing all the time and a person on site doing all the maintenance. And so there's some efficiencies there. But for me, Alan, it was really more about wanting to build a business and wanting to bring in investors and go the syndication route and buying bigger properties is the way to go if you want to do that, in my opinion. 
Well, Lee, take a moment here and tell us how we can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. The best way is to jump on our website, threefoldrei.com. That's spelled out T-H-R-E-E-F-O-L-D-R-E-I.com. REI is in real estate investing. You know, we got a free ebook there, Alan, uh, called Five Steps to the Five Steps to Passive Income for the Full-Time Dad. We're just really passionate about teaching people like you are, Alan, about the benefits of investing in uh, specifically multifamily properties, apartment buildings, even if you do it passively. You know, we think you can, you know, you get cash flow today, you build a nest egg just like the stock market, but the cash flow you get, the tax benefits you get are just, to me, make it a lot better investment than the stock market. So, that you'll find there. You can connect with us through there. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter, things like that. I'm also pretty active on Facebook and definitely really active on LinkedIn. So if you just look up Lee Yoder, you'll find me on either of those sites. Well, excellent. So Lee, just one last question here, and that is, could you just give us a brief overview how it is that apartment syndication actually works? Yeah, absolutely. So the basic idea, Alan, is that you know if you want to go buy a duplex, you might find a duplex for a hundred grand. And, you know, the bank's going to ask you for 20% down. So you, you know, you got to put $20,000 down. So, you know, you or I might be able to do that on our own. We want to buy a 10 unit, you know, that costs a million dollars. You know, you're talking about $200,000 down. So maybe you go and find two other buddies or three other buddies and you each put down 50 and you can do that, you know, and you just do it as a joint venture. You go find a hundred unit, you know, now you're talking about, you know, $5 million. So the bank wants 1.5 or, you know, whatever that is, you know, maybe 1.25. So, you know, you and you and a few buddies don't have that. So the idea is that you need to go and get a bigger group. Well, the more people you bring in, you can't all have a job. So it's going to be that one or two people or three people, four people, whatever are going to be active. Those people are considered general partners. Those are the people that are going to run the deal, do all the management, do everything. They're also going to sign on the loan, whether it's recourse or non-recourse, they're going to be one signing on the loan. And then to raise that 1.25 million, you go out and bring in people that are interested in putting their money to work in real estate, but they don't want to work in real estate. So those people are called limited partners. I think for two reasons. One, their risk is limited because they're not signing on the loan. So the only risk they have is their capital. Just again, just like if you were investing in the stock market, you put 50 grand in the stock market, you can lose that money. But that's it. It's the same way as a limited partner in apartment syndication. You put 50 grand in and invest your 50 grand, you can lose that, but that's it. You know, the general partners, they're signing on the loan. If everything goes south, they can come after your other assets. So limited partners, their risk is limited. Also, their involvement is limited. They're not doing any work. They're not actually involved actively. They just put their money in and they collect a check and they, you know, they watch their money work for them. So you bring in all these limited partners to raise all or most or whatever of the money that you need to take down the project. So a group of people, let's say 10, 20, 30 people, they're limited partners and they bring all the money needed. And then a group of people, two, three, four, five people, they're the active managers and they run the deal. And that's the beauty of a syndication. You got some people that want to be active and do the work. And then you got some people that have some capital and don't want to do any of the work. And you marry those together and that's an apartment syndication. Well, thank you, Lee. That's a great explanation, breaking down a really a fairly complex concept into very understandable terms. So thank you for doing that for sure. us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being on the show today. It has been a pleasure being with you. Thanks for having me on, Alan. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. 
As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Speed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Speed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at speedtalker.com.